You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Excuse me. I'm still waking up from that god-awful Super Bowl that we had yesterday. 13-3, to are you kidding me? The lowest scoring Super Bowl in history, and it's 2019. No wonder the NBA is king and at the top of the mountain, and the NFL is slowly but surely falling off. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Locked on Kings podcast. This is your daily hub for Sacramento Kings and NBA coverage, the best league in all of professional sports, and we have all of it right here for you on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're looking for in-depth analysis and game-by-game breakdowns for your Sacramento Kings, highlights, interviews with players, coaches, uh, all the local and national experts, this is your hub. This is the place for you, all centered around the Sacramento Kings, who were 10 times more entertaining than anything the Super Bowl had to offer when they beat the Philadelphia 76ers inside the Golden 1 Center on Saturday night. The Kings have now won six straight games at home. They are 27-25 and on the season, and with the 27th win of the season that they got Saturday night, they have equaled the win total of all of last season, and there are still so many games remaining. It's a good time right now to be a Sacramento Kings fan. Oh, yeah, the Kings also passed up the Los Angeles Lakers in the standings. They're now in ninth place in the Western Conference, a game and a half, I believe, within the eighth seed, which is currently held by the Los Angeles Clippers. What does that mean? That means that it is a bona fide fact that we can say that LeBron James joined the worst team in California. Boy, that's fun to say. Welcome into Locked on Kings, everybody. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host. I'm from Sports 1140 KHDK. That's the flagship radio station of the Kings in Sacramento. I work there as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist and reporter. And while we're going to be talking about and breaking down this Kings win over the Philadelphia 76ers here in just a little bit, that is not the main event of this podcast. I got the opportunity to speak one-on-one with one of my favorite players in the NBA, one of my favorite guys to talk to, and that is Sacramento Kings center Costa Kufos. Now, he may not be playing a lot right now, but he still is a very important piece to this team, both on the floor and in the locker room especially. And I've shared with you on this podcast before that he and I have had a lot of great non-basketball conversations. And I look forward to going into the locker room, uh, regardless of if he plays or not, because I get to spend a couple minutes just chatting with him. And we talk about a lot of stuff, from movies to video games to cars, so many things that he enjoys. And and he's just a great guy uh, to talk to. So he and I have been working on trying to find a time to, to, to sit down after a game and record an interview for the Locked on Kings podcast. Thankfully, uh, he had time following the Philadelphia 76ers game, and he was uh, so nice to be able to spend that time here. So I'm going to be playing that interview for you here in just a little bit on the Locked on Kings podcast. We talk a little bit about basketball talk a little bit about this Kings team, and then you get to hear all about his interests outside of basketball, his favorite movies, his favorite video games, what he loves to do while he uh, he travels so much uh, for the NBA season. You're going to really enjoy this interview. I, I enjoyed talking to him, and if you don't have an appreciation for Costa Kufos and, and who he is, not just as a basketball player, but as a person, hopefully you will get a bigger appreciation and a better appreciation of that after you hear this interview a little bit later on. But before that, the Sacramento Kings are 27-25. and 25. They defeat the Philadelphia 76ers 115-108. This was a very entertaining game. Some are calling it 
the best win of the season for the Kings. I understand where you can make that argument based off of the the quality of opponent. Quite honestly, I don't really have the energy or the brain power right now to try and put together uh, a massive argument either for or against it. All I do know is that it was a very entertaining basketball game and a game that the Kings led for pretty much the majority. Now, the Sixers had a lead a little bit early on, and then in the fourth quarter, they made their run. You knew they were going to. Uh, But what I appreciate the most was the resiliency of this Kings team. They didn't fold in areas where we've seen them fold in the past, especially in last seasons, but we've seen it a couple times in the last month or so uh, with this Kings team when when they'll have leads for the majority of the game and then the better team or, or a juggernaut team makes that push, makes that run. We've seen the Warriors do it three times against the Kings. They make that run, they take a lead, the Kings kind of fall apart offensively after being solid for the entire night and then the better team ends up running away with it. Well, that wasn't the case for the Kings last night. First and foremost, Jimmy Butler, boy, is he a different person when he's actually engaged. And he was so disengaged the last time we saw him in Sacramento, which was his last game with the Minnesota Timberwolves, that nobody really remembered how dangerous he can be on the offensive end of the floor. We know how good of a defender Jimmy Butler is, even though he doesn't look nearly as engaged as a defender as he has uh, in years past. But... The three-point shooting from Jimmy Butler was really what got the Philadelphia 76ers back in this game. Now, Joel Embiid will earn player of the game honors for the 76ers specifically because he finished with 29 points and 17 rebounds. But Jimmy Butler had two four-point plays in the fourth quarter and what we thought might be a back-breaking three-pointer. The Kings and uh, 76ers were trading leads back and forth. The Kings had a one-point lead. And then Jimmy Butler comes down and hits a ridiculous three-point shot to put the Sixers up by two. It's at this point that I'm sitting there thinking, there's the backbreaker. Here's where the Kings try and rush themselves on offense, and the 76ers are going to create stops and pull away. That wasn't the case because the Kings came back on the other end of the floor, and what did they do? They got a good shot for Buddy Heald. Holy freaking Luya! Your hot hand, you gave him the basketball and allowed him to create. Coming off of a good screen, Buddy Heald hits a three. The Kings take the lead right back. Both teams trade the lead a couple times more. Kings create separation. They hold on and win this game. Buddy Heald was fantastic. 34 points. He's 7 of 13 from three-point range. He now has 180 made three-pointers this season, which is a career high for an entire season. And we still have like 30 games to play or something like that. Ridiculous, the numbers that Buddy Heald is putting up. He is on pace to uh, to be up there with Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. And it's funny, remember we mocked uh, we mocked Vivek Ranadive, King's owner, a little bit when he, uh, when he said that he really wanted Buddy Heald and he liked Buddy healed because he had comparisons to Steph Curry. Well, statistically, Buddy Heald is the only one on pace with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson uh, for three-point shooting in the modern NBA, which is pretty incredible. And what we're watching is is someone transform from a good shooter and someone that had promise as a, a deep threat to someone that now every time the ball leaves his hands, you almost expect it to go in. That is the reputation that Buddy Heald has built for himself this season, and the Kings are certainly thrilled uh, that he has developed into that, and hopefully he will remain that for the Kings for many years to come. De'Aaron Fox had another good game, 19 points, had 
eight assists and three steals. He was very active on the defensive end of the floor. He struggled offensively to really get it going. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, I thought, had one of his best games of the season. 19 points and nine rebounds, so just missed the double-double. And he had a, a quote following the game uh, that I tweeted out. And when I tweeted it out, I knew some people were going to spin it uh, the wrong way. And I'm going to talk about that here in just a little bit because it has to do with the play of Marvin Bagley. Bagley, off the bench, had 14 points on 16 shots. Offensively, he struggled, especially through the first three quarters, but he had a couple of big buckets in the fourth quarter, including a really nice turnaround jumper uh, that gave the Kings the lead back at one point. Uh, He looked good in the fourth. He was not afraid to go right at the teeth of Joel Embiid and that uh, Philadelphia 76ers defense. He also finished with 13 rebounds for yet another double-double for the rookie. He's been playing so well. And remember, the Philadelphia 76ers were playing shorthanded in this game. Yes, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons were playing, and Ben Simmons had, I think, six dunks in total, including three in the first like five or six minutes of the game. He was so just dominant and very difficult for anybody on the Kings uh, to stop, really. But Philadelphia was playing without Wilson Chandler and J.J. Redick, and the two of them provide a third of the three-point attempts by the 76ers team, and we saw them struggle from three-point range without it. They only shot 70 or 21%, excuse me, from three-point range, seven of 33 from deep, and that was really the difference in this game. Had J.J. Redick played and got some of those looks that they missed, I think the 76ers would have found a way to win this one, but a little, a little bit disrespectful to the Kings because not only did they rest the two of them, they sent them home. Henry Turner and I talked about that on on, uh, game night, which is the Kings pregame show on KHDK, and Henry Turner said, you know, the Kings should be uh, a bit offended by that and should do exactly what they did, which is allow them to shoot threes and and beat them, punch them in the mouth a little bit. And we saw the Kings do that earlier on in the season at home when the Detroit Pistons decided to uh, rest Blake Griffin. Now they've done it here against the Philadelphia 76ers. But going back to Willie Cauley-Stein, one of the things that he said in his post-game press conference, first and foremost, he deserved and earned a lot of praise from his teammates and from head coach Dave Yeager. Dave Yeager complimented how hard he worked, how tough of a matchup it was. And people are going to see 29 points and 17 rebounds for Joel Embiid and think, well, Willie still got abused. Joel Embiid also abused Harry uh, abused Harry Giles. He also abused uh, Marvin Bagley. Joel Embiid's just, the be- in my opinion, the best center in the NBA today. He's just so ridiculously good at scoring the basketball, also can get up and, and is just so long and hard to keep off of the glass, hence the reason why he pulled down 17 boards. Joel Embiid is the real deal. But one of the things that Willie Cauley-Stein said after the game was that he was he was basically saying that he told Marvin, you go grab the rebounds. I don't have to grab the rebounds. All I'm going to do is just box Joel Embiid out and try and keep him off the glass. You go secure the boards. First and foremost, we got to see Willie Cauley-Stein and Marvin Bagley play together and share the floor together for a decent amount of time, which we haven't seen much this season. And while the Kings lacked shooting uh, from their front court, they did have a good defensive unit with the two of them in, and they played well defensively and rebounded the ball well, which was nice to see, maybe earning more opportunity for the two of them to play together, and maybe they will eventually be uh, the starting front court for these Kings in a couple of weeks. We'll have to just wait and see on that. But I know some Kings fans were going to see Willie Cauley-Stein say, I don't have to get rebounds, Marvin, you go get it, and spin it with, oh, see, Marvin's, or I'm sorry, uh, Willie's lazy. Marvin's, he's telling Marvin to get the rebounds and do all the work while he just sits back and doesn't worry about rebounding because all he cares about is scoring. That's not the case whatsoever. It's a good strategy when you can't keep a guy off the glass 
and you can't rebound or out-rebound him yourself, just get him out of there and allow your team to do the rebounding for you. That's called team basketball. That's called team rebounding, and it's a good way to approach getting rid of a dominant rebounder who you really cannot stop one-on-one or even two-on-one. So I like Willie Cauley-Stein there. That shows good veteran prowess that he was able to do that. It also shows that he doesn't give a damn about stats. He missed a double-double by one rebound, but he's not going to complain about it. He had a good game offensively as well, going right at Joel Embiid, including a massive poster dunk over Joel Embiid, which is pretty cool and pretty fun to see. All in all, A great night for these Sacramento Kings, and they look to continue that as they will take on the San Antonio Spurs uh, tonight inside the Golden 1 Center, looking to try and make it seven straight inside the G1C. Spurs are a tough task, and then you have the Houston Rockets coming after that, but the Kings are definitely in the hunt in the playoffs in the Western Conference, and these games are winnable, especially at home, and games you have to get if you want to be a realistic playoff threat. Following those two matchups, then the Kings have two easier games to end the homestand against the Miami Heat and the Phoenix Suns, but you can't take any team for granted in the NBA, and teams are learning that because they've taken the Kings for granted like the Philadelphia 76ers did not playing Wilson Chandler and J.J. Redick, and the Kings made them pay for it. That was a fun night inside the Golden 1 Center. I know a lot of fans enjoyed being out there. I got the opportunity to meet a few of you, so thank you so much for coming up to me and taking the time to want to chat with me and want to get in touch with me. If you ever want to uh, join the conversation or, or ask me any questions, respond to anything I have to say, good or bad, uh, you can reach me. The best way is is on um, Twitter, at MattGeorgeKHDK. You can reach me there. You can also email me, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. Uh, you can also call our, our uh, Locked on Kings voice mailbox if you want to leave a message to me personally. If I like them, I try and select some to uh, be featured on the Locked on Kings podcast when I can. That number is 909-566-0232. So be sure to do that. We'll take a quick break here. Coming up next, my conversation with one of my favorite players in the NBA and center for your Sacramento Kings, Costa Kufos. Following the Sacramento Kings win against the Philadelphia 76ers, I'm joined by Costa Kufos here on the Locked On Kings podcast. And Costa, a lot of t- uh, stuff I want to talk about here, uh, but I-, I promised some of the listeners I'd share with uh, with them some of the conversations that we've had in the locker room about just how you- you're traveling, your interests outside of basketball. But they'd kill me if I didn't ask you a little bit about basketball beforehand. First and foremost, tonight's win, your 27th win of the season, matching last year. Tremendous growth with still 30 games remaining from last year to this year. What is like the biggest difference that you've seen from last year to this year? Oh, that's amazing. Uh, just the growth even from player from last year to this year, how much they, they've improved immensely. Um, you know, obviously Darren Fox is, is our leader on the court and he's shown it night in and night out. And uh, just the way he can distribute the ball and get other people open. You know, Buddy Hill's been playing phenomenal. Everybody else so forth and Willie and, you know, Harry and, and Marvin, you know, those guys are picking up whenever the number is called upon. It's everybody's doing their job well and playing efficiently. Dave Yeager tonight talked about just how much of a pro that you've been. He mentioned uh, that you had a, a moment where you pulled Harry Giles aside tonight and talked to him after he looked frustrated guarding, uh, guarding Joel Embiid, and you've just been trying to teach him and bring him along, and you've been that veteran for a lot of young players with this team being so young. Uh, do you take pride in seeing their achievements? Well, sure. You know, that you know Harry has got so much potential in the future, and he's showing it this year as well. And uh, for him, you know, he's got a lot of intangibles in the game. Not only can he score in the post, but, you know, he's a good defender. He's long. He can run the floor. He's very athletic. And, uh, you know, Joel Embiid is, is, is a very tough task. And I thought he did a good job against him. Um, 
you know, sometimes you're not gonna get called your way, but you can't you can't be down on it. You just gotta move, turn the page and move forward. And I thought they did phenomenal tonight. It looks like the chemistry with this team is just absolutely through the roof. Would you say this is one of the most fun rosters you've been a part of? Oh my lord, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we all get along in, in the locker room. You know, off the court. You know, I'm a huge believer. If you get along off the court, it translates into it on the court. And yep. you know, wherever we go, we're on the plane, whatever. We'll always joke around, have fun, and. You know, everybody's included within the group. Nobody's excluded, and that's pretty unique in this situation. Yeah, every single team says during media day at the beginning of the season that, of course, they're, they think they're going to make the playoffs. You have to start with that kind of mentality. But this team seems to have believed it, and they've played like it all season long. Was it just like this unwritten or silent agreement between all of you that playoffs are bust for this team? You know, for us, you know, we, we you know, saying is believing. We put it out in the world, and we, we receive it. And, uh, you know, we believe in it. We believe in each one of ourselves that we can contribute and help the team, you know, win and make the playoffs. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of games left, but still we're just trying to build as much momentum for the All-Star break and then re regather during the All-Star break and come back and then make a final push. So enough of the basketball talk, which we really wanted to talk about because we've had a lot of conversations about cars, movies, stuff like that. I'm going to try and touch on as much of it as you can. But you're a big cars guy. How many cars do you have right now that you own? Oh, no, I don't have many. I, like, I, like, I just like cars. Uh, yeah. For me, you know, cars are a terrible investment. But uh, <laughs> Um, I'm more of a you know real estate guy, creating as much forms of residual income as possible, so when I retire, I can do whatever I want. But uh, you know, for me, I have the GTR. Um, I played Gran Turismo too growing up, there you go. and I told myself, you know, the R34 Skyline. Obviously, it's illegal here with the 25 year import ban, but you know, I have the R35, and uh, driving that car, you know, it's it's pretty cool. You yeah. know, the you turn the screen on, and it says Philadelphia Digital, which is a created from uh, Gran Turismo, and. You know, seeing that on the screen every day, it takes me back to my childhood saying, you know, hey, one day I'll get this car and I got it and achieved it. Right. Do you remember what your first car was that you ever had or ever drove? Yeah, so I had a uh, 95 Ford Contour SC, I think. It had like 130,000 miles on it. My grandmother would let me drive it to school sometimes. Yeah. And my legs were at the dashboard, so every time I would brake, my legs would hit the dash as I was braking. And I had to see the way back. And uh, it was cool, man. It didn't have an RPM meter or anything like that. It just had the speedometer and gas, and yeah. that's it. And it didn't really work as well either. So I would try to go to the flow of the traffic, and got it, and never got a ticket. So I mean, I have no points on my license now. So I'm, I'm, I've been pretty, pretty steady. So I'm pretty good. Very nice. Are you a stick guy? You, you prefer yeah, I, can I can drive manual. Actually, I do have a Datsun 280ZX Turbo, which is a manual. Okay. Um, those are my only two cars, and uh, I love driving manual. Uh, but you know, for the track, you know. DCT uh, dual clutch transmission is the most efficient way to drive. Last season, I believe you got the opportunity to do was it a driving test yeah. with with police with, officers yeah, with or highway patrol? Officers, patrol? you know, uh, you know, our security guard Sean, you know, he hooked that up, and uh, it's been crazy. I was willing on my bucket list to do something like that, and uh, remind me of Police Academy, the movie Police Academy. Yeah. You know, that was, so I, was, I had a blast. You know, the police officers were were very nice, and uh, you know, learn some things. You know, it's. It's pretty cool how they how they test and, and drive on the on the skid pad and everything, and prepare themselves for real life. Speaking of movies, uh, we've had a lot of conversations about movies. Do you have a, a top go to movie of oh, all time? Oh my lord, I'm a Marvel fanatic. So right now I'm watching Guardians of the Galaxy on repeat, Thor Ragnarok on repeat. You know, basically all the Avengers and stuff like that. So. My, 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 my go-to probably is Thor Ragnarok right now. Okay, Thor Ragnarok's definitely amazing, but I mean, Marvel's about to blow it out of the water back-to-back -back months, I mean, Captain Marvel, yep. and then the final Avengers. Yep. When you saw the final Avengers trailer drop, what, what went through your mind? I was excited. You know, there's different routes they can go, but uh, you pretty much know that people are going to come back, and you know that. It's just what it is. But, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty cool to see, you know, one of the most 
famous villains in, in comic book history, Thanos, and on the big screen. It's pretty cool. Any love for DC, or are you? Oh, for sure. You know, I have love for all comics, but you know, I think Marvel's Marvel's approach was, was a little bit more effective. But you know, who, who knows? You know, I'm not saying you know DC's not doing a bad job. They've done a good job with it, but. I, right now it's more Marvel. So I'm always fascinated by, I mean, being an NBA player is during the season, lots of travel, lots of movement, lots of flying. I personally love to fly, but that's a lot of time to kill. How do you approach killing that time when you're in the air? Uh, for me, I do a lot of, I just do a lot of research, you know, whether it's with the economy, world events, current events, and uh, just try to be as formed as much as possible. Um, you know, I got my education online, so at that moment I was doing getting my classes online and yeah. trying to kill two birds with one stone. Um, but, you know, right now, I'm just doing a lot of research on what's going on with the world and especially the economy. Is that something more common with athletes? I mean, we, we, we consider the fact that they maybe play only one year of college and then move on to the NBA. We think, oh, they never finished their education. or they're only smart on the court. Is that something more common amongst you and your peers that you research other things, have other interests and pursue those? For sure. You know, we, there's a lot of very, they're very intelligent people that play in the NBA. Um, you know, it's crazy to think about, but, you know, you stereotype of, you know, basketball players. You know, it's... Yeah, that stigma, well, he just plays basketball, but there's more to the game than just basketball. Don't get me wrong, it's my dream and passion. But there are a lot of things that I know about, you know, what's going on in the world or the real estate realm or whatever, but it's self-taught and I've done my own research, you know. And granted, I have family members that that could teach me when I was younger and and I was able to follow in their footsteps, but... There's a lot of guys that have been yeah, very successful, not just with basketball. Well, I'm, I'm not implying anything because you've got a lot of career left. You've got a lot of basketball still to play. But have you put any thought into life after basketball? Because that's a serious thing when, when things Oh, for sure. Look, you know, i got a great wife, Eleni, by my side. And, uh, you know, for me, you know, I, my body feels great. I feel better shape than I do when I was 20 years old, and which is crazy. But, you know, my body is steadily getting improved and improved every year. And, you know, for me, you know, right now, you know, I would probably just segue in the real estate market. But uh, for, for as of right now, you know, I'm just focused on ball and play it out as much as I can. And, uh, you know, God willing, 10 more years. So we'll see. I know you're a guy after my own heart, too. You're a video game guy. So yeah. any any go-to video games uh, for you? Man, I'm more of an older school guy. I'm a, I was born, I was in the N64, okay. PS2 era. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of Zelda Ocarina of Time and, uh, you know, Gran Turismo 2 and Stuff like that, so I, I, I go a little bit retro. See, so are you a PlayStation over Xbox guy? I don't care. I, I just want whatever the best game available at the time. I, I do like Forza, I like Gran Turismo, so just whatever is whatever is the newest game. Do you play a lot of 2K, and is it weird playing yourself in a video uh, game? I used to, not anymore. Um, you know, 2K looks very realistic. I'm not gonna lie, and it looks really good. Uh, but for me, I'm like I was in NBA Live 2005, NBA Street <laughs> Volume Two. That's my that's my generation right there, NBA Street Volume Two. I'll play that all day. So De'Aaron says that once you start living the basketball lifestyle, you get tired of it and you don't really want to play it outside of basketball itself. <laughs> Is that the same way for you? Uh, no, I mean I love the game too. I'm not saying Darren Darren loves the game too, but uh, you know for me, I mean it's, you play you play in real life, which is really cool. You see in the video games, it's cool too, yeah. but. You know, I'm more of an NBA volume, volume street, NBA street volume two guy. So last thing for you, and thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. But you know, trade deadline season, we have no idea what's going to happen. We've heard your names and rumors, but I know you don't care about that. You're 100% focused on this team. Yeah. You spent multiple years now a part of this Sacramento community. You've seen the opening of the Golden One Center. Yeah. Uh, you've seen all the ups and downs as this fan base has been through. So what does it mean to you to to see just not just the growth of this city, but the growth of this team and, and be a part of that? Oh, you know, you, you definitely want to be a part of something. There's something special. Going on right now. Um, NBA tried on the deadline. If it happens, it is what it is. The business you turn the page and move on. But you know, as of now, as of this day, I'm a king. So I'm going to be working hard off the, off the court and to to show it on the court. So uh, you know, right now, if he puts me in, I'm going to play efficient. You know, I've shown I can start in this league and put up big numbers on given time. But at the same time, right now, you know, you be professional and and then help others around you. 
Well, personally, I have really enjoyed having you around for the past couple of years. I hope this isn't the end. I hope you're, you're around for a long period of time. But thank you for coming I on the podcast. It. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Huge thank you to Costa for taking the time to appear on the Locked On Kings podcast. He genuinely is one of my favorite guys to talk to and just someone that I I truly look forward to uh, having a conversation with before or after every single Kings game. Just a a totally genuine guy. How he appears in that interview, how he appears on the court, how he appears with his teammates is 100% authentic. That is who he is. Uh, He is not someone who's going to get disgruntled or angry or frustrated by the fact that he is losing minutes and watching... uh, Harry Giles and Marvin Bagley take over for him and, and kind of push him aside a little bit. He is genuinely happy and excited to see how they are succeeding and how they are developing because he has played a part in that. Same thing with Zach Randolph. Who this guy is, is someone that is happy to be a, a good teammate, happy to be a contributor, and just thankful uh, to be in the NBA. So I hope you got a bigger appreciation and a greater uh, greater appreciation for who Costa Kufos the person is and who Costa Kufos the player is. I don't know what's going to happen at the trade deadline if the Kings decide to move him or not. If he stays with the Kings, I don't know if he's going to be with the Kings beyond this summer if they decide to bring him back on another contract or if he goes and signs elsewhere. But one thing I know for sure is that there are many teams in the NBA that could use a Costa Kufos both on and off the court and he has been an absolute blessing for this organization, for this franchise over the last few seasons that he has been here. So if you get the opportunity to see Costa Kufos talk to Costa Kufos or even tweet at Costa Kufos be sure to just thank him uh, for the time that he spent here in Sacramento and for how important he has been to this franchise and to this roster I really hope you enjoyed that conversation I certainly did uh, if you get the opportunity and want to be like Costa Kufos and that you can appear here on the Locked on Kings podcast your opportunity is coming up in early March we are going to be doing a fans only podcast number three the third, fan, uh, third fans only podcast which is where I just take the entire podcast for the entire day and I open it up to you the fans I interview you, I hear your stories I hear your takes on the Kings it's one of my favorite things to do I've really enjoyed the last two that I've been doing and can't wait to do more so if you want to be a part of that right now, all you have to do is email me, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com and say, hey, I want to be a part of the fans-only podcast. I will put you on the list. Unfortunately, to everybody who's already emailed me and already signed up, I lost the last list. On me, my fault, so I'm going to need you to do it again. So please, 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 please shoot me an email. You have plenty of time to do it. I'll select the the three, four, or five, however many I can fit in, uh, and uh, we'll, we will go from there. And, and this will not be the last fans-only podcast we we do. So if you, you try and be on and, and unfortunately don't get selected or, or just get in a little bit too late, uh, don't worry. We will have more in the future, and I'll make sure to try and hold on to the list this time so I do not lose it. So please reach out to me. Uh, Matt or mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. You can also tweet me if you want at mattgeorgekhdk and let me know you want to be a part of the fans only podcast and I will get you on the list for sure and hopefully we'll be able to have you on. I always look forward to talking to you Kings fans. So definitely look forward to that. I will be at the Kings game tonight inside the Golden One Center for the Kings and San Antonio Spurs. If you're out there and want to come to say hi, uh, please reach out to me and let me know. I'll be happy to meet with you and chat with you at any point in this game here. Hopefully the Kings can make it seven straight at home and we will talk about it regardless on tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast. Until then, my name is Matt George. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked on Kings. 
your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.